Hey, good morning, everyone. We are going to talk about eggs today. Eggs, uh, a bit of a lighter topic. We'll see, it's one of the areas, you know, we've been talking about kashras, and kashras is a lot of leniencies, appropriately so. Uh, there are areas that we should be lenient in. Um, and with eggs, we'll see there's a major stringency, a major stringency that we apply to our, uh, to our interaction with eggs. Okay, that's just, that, that is the way it is, but we'll see how we get there. Um, we probably know a couple of these halachos, but now we'll have a bit of a better understanding about them, and hopefully we'll learn a, something new as well. So we're on page 223, page 223. Um, um, and let's jump in. Let's jump in. Um, okay. So, um, says this, so first, this whole discussion begins with a Gemara in Chulin. Chulin is a Gemara you probably, if you've been paying attention, it's a Gemara we keep on quoting in the context of all these laws because Chulin is discussion of all the laws, more or less all the laws of kosher. Assaulting, milk and meat, all things of kosherus, and therefore we're often quoting from Meseches Chulin. Okay, so source 21 on page 223, uh, the Gemara says as follows. We have a statement, we have a statement from our sages, our sages taught as follows. Um, okay, what this means, and he has the Rashi in parentheses. A impure egg, a non-kosher egg, an egg from a non-kosher animal, right? Eggs have to come from a kosher animal. So an egg from a non-kosher animal, which was cooked together with a kosher animal, mutaros. It is permitted to eat the kosher egg. Okay, we're not going to discuss those laws extensively today because I doubt that's happening in our kitchen. Uh, if we're buying eggs, we probably are buying chicken eggs, right? We're not going to have a mix-up of eggs typically, okay? However, the next set of laws is quite pertinent. Beitzim muzaros, okay? If an egg is unfertilized, okay? Meaning it's an egg, right? If you look at Rashi, she'enan shel zachar, it doesn't come from a male, um, and they're in- incapable of ever developing into a chick, right? So an unfertilized egg, the difference between a fertilized and unfertilized egg, aside from uh, the, the process of forming the egg, is that an unfertilized egg, an egg which is produced by the hen alone, is, a chi- is an egg which can never turn into a chick, okay? And that's going to be quite relevant for our discussion. Um, and just to keep in mind, as we're, we're going to get into more detail, virtually most of the eggs we're buying today, aside from a bit of a new trend, but your typical eggs that you're buying in your typical grocery are unfertilized eggs. Actually, in Israel, if I understood correctly, it is forbidden to sell fertilized eggs. Apparently, you're only allowed to sell unfertilized eggs. Uh, but one way or another, the eggs that you are eating, typically, the typical eggs that you're eating are unfertilized eggs. Now, there's a bit of a new trend where people are buying uh, fertilized eggs from different, uh, different animals, and that gets a little more complicated. But yeah, we're going to focus on the typical uh, dozen eggs or 24 eggs that you're buying in the grocery. So keep in mind, those are unfertilized. But before we get to unfertilized eggs, we're going to distinguish between fertilized and unfertilized, and we'll see some of the halachos, okay? So the Gemara says, nefesh yafet hochleim, a person of strong constitution may eat them, okay? Well, we're not going to unpack that, but it seems like there is some novelty that, uh, you know, that they should not be eaten by everyone, but okay, we eat them. Nimsa aleha, aleha, korait dam. If a drop of blood is found in an unfertilized egg, zorik es adam, va'ochel ashar, a person could discard the blood, get rid of the blood, and eat the rest of the egg. Okay? That is the case for an unfertilized egg, and this is the, the statement made. Um, sorry, excuse me, excuse me. I apologize. The, the, the Gemara is a little bit hard to read. The Gemara basically, when it says nefesh yafetochen, there really should be a period over there in the, transla- in the write up over here, because basically we're being told that an unfertilized egg, okay, is permitted. Period. Then it says, Nimsa aleha korait dam. If there is some blood found on a fertilized egg, meaning an egg that is produced from a rooster and a hen, Zorik es adam, you throw away the blood, Va'ochel es ashar, and you're allowed to eat the rest of the egg. Okay? Everyone with me? 
So the Gemara just shifted, okay? It said, for unfertilized eggs, uh, you're allowed to eat, which maybe people weren't sure they're allowed to eat back in the day, no problem. And those were extremely rare back in the day. Uh, fertilized eggs, fertilized eggs, the Gemara is saying, if you find a drop of blood, scoop up the blood, get rid of the blood, and you can eat the rest of the egg. Yes? Typically unfertilized eggs. The, the mass majority of eggs we're eating now are unfertilized, okay? Amr of Yirmiya, of Yirmiya qualifies the statement that was said above. He says, kesher This halacha that you're allowed to just scoop up the blood and keep the rest is when it falls on, when, it, when the blood is found uh, basically on the white of the egg. Okay, when it's found in the, in the yolk of the egg, that's when you, are, then, when, then you are not allowed to do so. But if it's found on the white of the egg, right, then you're allowed to scoop up the blood and keep the rest of the egg. Tani Dustai Avud Rav Apturiki. Okay, Dustai, who was the father of Rav Apturiki, taught, Lo Shanu Al Shala. This halacha, that you are allowed to scoop up, take out the blood, and keep the rest is only when it falls on the white of the egg. Okay, Chelbon is the white of the egg. Aval Nimza Al Chelmon Shala. They couldn't have found two more confusing words possible, chalbon and chalmon. Chalbon, like from the word chalav, it's like the white, okay, from the word milk. Okay, so if it falls on the white of the, if you find it on the white of the egg, you scoop it up and you're good. But if you find it on the chalmon shala, which is the yolk, afilu, beitza, asura, even meaning the entirety of the rest of the egg is, is prohibited. Maitaima deshada tichla bekula, because the decay, the, the issue, um, has spread through all of it. So, okay, so just a very brief um, understanding of the way that uh, an egg develops. The yolk is really where, the, where it all starts. Okay, and therefore the blood, whereas everything else kind of develops a little bit afterwards um, and is less integral, but the yolk is really the, the chick itself, right? The yolk is really, to some extent, no, I'm getting the no. No, it's that little white thing. The little white the, thing. The yolk is the food. The white thing is what holds the yolk, no? No, the, the, the germinal white. disc is this little white piece that sits on the yolk, and mm-hmm. then when it's fertilized, that's what grows bigger, and then the, the yolk then becomes like the food of it, but like it has to happen on the yolk, so it is part of, it's a little white disc that you see on every That's yolk. incorporated into the yolk? It's or? incorporated into the yolk, and it's called the germinal it's disc. Gooey, it's like the gooey stuff, the white yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Isn't the white stuff... My Googling before this year was that the, the white stringy stuff was actually holds up the yolk. That's the yes. plaza that connects the, the yolk um, through the different levels of the albumin to the shell. But isn't it what holds But that's, that's that just, that's a but structural a little, piece, right? If you look on the yolk itself, you'll see a little tiny... Got it. Circle. So it's within the yolk. Got it. Okay. So then that's okay. So excuse me. I'm going to reframe it, but that's the basic idea. The basic idea is that within the yolk, and I guess because yeah. it's part of the within the yolk, or it's connected to the yolk more more so than the white. Therefore, if the blood is found there, that is much more of a, an indication of the fact that this is part of the chick. The chick is already starting to develop in some way. There is blood over here. There is a concern that this is. We'll see what exactly the concern is in a moment, actually. But but you understand that the yolk itself is. Or at least part of the yolk, or something connected to the yolk, is much more of the embryo, embryo itself, uh, whereas the white is, is not as integral. And therefore, the Gemara is distinguishing, again, with a fertilized egg, telling us that if you find blood on the white of the egg, <coughs> excuse me, find uh, blood on the white of the egg, you could scoop it up and get rid of it. It's not as integral, whereas when it's found in the, the yolk of the egg, that's much more of a problem. You get rid of the entire egg. That is what the Gemara is teaching us about a fertilized egg. We don't need to worry about that. Well, we'll see. Let's, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. We're, 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 not, we're not done yet. We're not done yet. So let's look. Let's turn the page and see what Tosos has to say, say about this. So if you turn the page, Tosos, one of the classic commentaries on the Gemara, he says as follows. Okay, so first he quotes Rashi. Um, let's, let's skip to the second line. Umihu Kasha. There's the difficulty with this entire Gemara. 
In Chrysus, another tractate, it says, it's quoted in a brysa. Again, a brysa is similar to a Mishnah in terms, uh, in terms of when it was written, uh, but it wasn't canonized like the Mishnah was, but it's a collection of teachings, which is you know, fundamental to Jewish law. And it says over there, it talks about prohibited bloods, okay? And this is what we were discussing last week, right? All the blood that you cannot eat. And then it says, Yatza dam beitzim she'enam min basar. The blood of an egg is not a problem, okay? Because the fact exclude, it says, although blood is forbidden, the blood of eggs is not prohibited because it is not a type of flesh. Yatza dam chagavim shekulo heter and excludes the blood of grasshoppers, which are totally permitted. Okay, that's the statement in the Gemara. Okay, the Gemara is basically saying blood is prohibited, and then it seemingly is going ahead and giving exceptions to that rule. And it says, <coughs> it seemingly says the blood of an egg is permitted, just like the blood of a grasshopper. We're not going to get into why blood, blood of a grasshopper is permitted today, but also blood of a grasshopper is permitted. And, and Tosa says, Umashma, it infers, it implies, Dichiheichi deshari damcha gavim vidagim, kolzman shiyeshno aleim beniker shuhumehen. It is just like the blood of grasshoppers and the blood of fish, which is the next statement in the Gemara, is totally permitted as long as it's clear that it comes from a grasshopper, as long as it's clear that it comes... Remember last week you spoke about if you want to drink a cup of fish blood, what do you, how are you allowed to do so? If you want to, I know, you don't want to. But if you, you put the scales in the fish and therefore it's nicker, it's clear that it's fish blood, no problem. And the Gemara, by lumping the brice, excuse me, by lumping these different cases together, chagavim, grasshoppers, which have their own leniency, and fish, um, and blood of eggs, seemingly is telling us that they're all intrinsically permitted, right? As long as it's clear that it's not coming from, uh, that it's, that, that, that where it's coming from. So who adin nami dam him? So it should be the case with blood. What's he, what he's asking is what's going on over here? The Gemara seems to imply that the blood, this brysa that we just he quoted from Christus seems to imply that the blood of eggs is totally permitted. So why does the Gemara say that the blood of eggs is forbidden? Okay, so what does he say? Lomar. So he says that the answer is He says it's true. He says they are permitted. They're permitted biblically. But rabbinically, uh, there is a stringency. The rabbis institute a stringency specifically with eggs. As a decree, because sometimes, and, and you know, with a fertilized egg, eventually, in some cases, it'll become a, a chick, a chicken. All right, and therefore, so to, it'll, be, it'll be confusing because you're going to find blood in an egg, and you're say mutter, no problem. And then you're going to find blood, and there's going to be blood with a chick. You're going to think, well, I don't have to, I don't have to salt my chickens because I found blood in an egg. It was no problem. But now I have a chicken. I guess it's no problem. Also, there's a concern that I'm going to confuse one with the other. That's how Tosos basically addressed it. He says midaraisa shari. He says midaraisa. It's pr- t- completely permitted. Afapisha froach notar misham. Even though the chick is going to be developed from there, there is no problem, right? So Tosos will stop over here. Tosos is basically telling us that blood in an egg, and we're talking about a fertilized egg. He says it is com- biblically totally permitted. Rabbinically, there is forbidden. Why? Because there's a concern that people say just like I could eat the blood of an egg. I could also eat the blood of a chicken and people will not salt the chickens. Okay? That's how Tosos understands the Gemara. That's how he reconciles, right? So what is Tosos doing over here? Just to appreciate what Tosos does generally. He quotes, he has the Gemara you have in front of you, which says that egg blood is forbidden. There's another Gemara which says egg blood is permitted. How do you reconcile the two? So he says, easy. You say, one is saying that it is permitted, mido raisa, biblically. But our Gemara over here is telling us rabbinically, we are stringent about the blood of an egg because of the possible confusion with a regular chicken. Yes? Now, in the first verse, in 
Yes. Is, is Tosafot talking about all? He's talking about a fertilized egg as well. We haven't really got. So we're all, yeah, we haven't really gotten to unfertilized eggs. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I guess according to Tosafot, this would also maybe help explain why some blood, by the blood of the white is not as much of an issue. Meaning, like, there's some differentiation. I mean. Yeah, I think I, uh, the, the basic idea is that, you know, the parts that it's on is seen as more of the development of the actual chick. The other parts are more secondary and therefore it's not really. So if you want to say, which we'll see an opinion in a second, that it's actually biblical, that the concern is that, no, the chick has started to develop and therefore there's blood in an animal, right? Just like we know, we can't do blood in an animal. So the idea is that within the yolk, right, there's, there's, there is the, uh, that's where the development is taking place. And therefore blood is actually blood of an animal. Whereas within the, within the white of the, of the egg, that's not going to be the same concern. So there is a logical reason to, even Tosis has to agree, there has to be some logical distinction between the two. It can't be arb- presumably not arbitrary, right? Okay, so let's see that second opinion. Look at source 24. Uh, Vidam Beitzim says the tour. Um, the tour, okay, so it says the tour. Vidam Beitzim, im yadua she'enam arikam ha'froach. If it's known that it's not from the development uh, of a uh, chick, Okay, If you know it's not from the development of a chick, what he means is if it's a non-fertilized egg, like our eggs, then it is okay biblically, but prohibited rabbinically. We'll have to come back to that. But he's saying if you know it's not from the development of a chick, meaning it's an egg that is never going to become a chick, it's our typical egg that you have in your fridge right now, then he says you're not liable biblically. The rabbis prohibited it. But if you know it's from the development of a chick, you are liable for it, meaning So you have the tour arguing with Tosa and saying no. He says, okay, however, he reconciles the Gemara we're not going to get into right now, but the tour says no, that it sh- the blood found in, a, in an egg that is a fertilized egg, the reason it's prohibited is because what you're eating at that point is blood of a chicken. And blood of a chicken is biblically prohibited like we spoke about last week. So you have a debate over here between two, uh, we showed him two early commentators. You have Tosa saying that in a fertilized egg, blood is only prohibited rabbinically. And you have the tour telling you that blood is for, uh, blood found in a chick, uh, blood found in an egg, excuse me, uh, of a fertilized egg is prohibited biblically. Now, we'll see how we poskin, but you notice that the tour also said that the blood found in a non-fertilized egg, he didn't say it's permitted, he says it's prohibited as well. Why would it be prohibited to have blood from an unfertilized egg? It's never going to develop into a chick. Why would it be prohibited? Because you don't know if it's fertilized or not. Okay, so it could be based on a suffix. It could be on a doubt. Let's say, I knew for a fact. I'm a farmer. I know for a fact. But there's another reason I heard from over here is that Mars I, and there might be a concern of the way it looks, right? We, which I know we have to come back to a class on. Uh, but there might be a concern that people say, hey, I don't know where this came from. Certainly if you hold that fertilized eggs are prohibited biblically, which is the opinion of the tour, right? Then you can understand that there might be another level of uh, stringency about non-fertilized eggs to say that they would be, or they're going to be prohibited rabbinically because a person may, you know, the outsider, even if you know, the outsider may not know and may think they're eating the blood of a chick, which would be biblically prohibited. Yes, Shai. Um, so <clears throat> my question kind of matches up with another question I was going to ask anyway, which is, in my experience, there are two kinds of blood in an egg. One is that little spot that seems to be on the yolk. And the other is when like the whole albumin seems to be like reddish, pinky. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so 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 I don't I don't know if if you can match that up with what we're talking about. 
So it, it seems like the, the way the, the we'll, we'll see how relevant that, that question is halachically, but based on what we're seeing right now, uh, we would make that distinction. Based on what we're seeing right now, we would say, based on the Gemara, is that if it's on the yoke, then the entire egg is prohibited, whereas if it's on the albumen, then basically you scoop away the albumen, even though it's throughout it, and you could still keep the yolk, and the yolk would be totally fine. So, so the other thing I was going to ask is, like sort of the 800-pound gorilla here is, where is the blood coming from if it's an unfertilized egg? It must be from the chicken. Correct. So we haven't gotten to the unfertilized, right. So, so right now we're still talking about fertilized egg. So, right, so let, let's just, so I just, I, this is confusing for me as well. I just want to, because we're so, we all eat, again, most of us, I think, all eat unfertilized eggs. And so, right, so we have to come back to the question of where in the world is blood? blood. There is blood. You will find blood occasionally in an unfertilized egg. Okay? And catch me because I will mix the two up. Uh, but you will find blood. We have to come back. So, so where that blood comes from, by the way, it's from, uh, it's from the reproductive tract, basically. There's like a... Um, um, like a the oviduct. Oviduct. Uh, what's the term? Basically, it's like there's like a, like a rupture of a blood vessel. Okay? There's a rupture of the blood vessel, and that's where the blood actually comes from. Right? When we get to the egg, it doesn't, come, it doesn't develop with the shell. Right? It develops, right? And so there's a, presumably a rupture in the blood vessel at that point. And basically, that's where the blood is coming from in the non for unfertilized eggs, okay? So just to address the question, but let's go back to where we are just to understand the sequence. Basically, we're, we are right now talking about fertilized eggs, all right? So basically, we're talking about eggs which could eventually and will eventually, presume, well, could have eventually developed into chicks. We have a debate. Uh, the blood found on those, on those eggs, is it rabbinically prohibited? That is the opinion of Tosos. He says, really, it's nothing. It's not, not, not a chick yet. It's not a chicken. And therefore, it's nothing. We don't, it's, it, it, there's no issue biblically. There's a rabbinic prohibition. The tour goes, comes along and says, no. He says, there is a biblical prohibition since it's developed enough. It's already, we treat it <clears throat> excuse me, as a chicken. And therefore, the blood found, it on, found on it is the blood of an animal. De orisa, it's prohibited biblically. And the blood you'll find on a, now, now we'll add one line, and the blood that you'll find on a non-fertilized egg, again, our typical eggs, which there will be blood on, even though we know it's not the development of a chicken, okay? But as an issue of maras ayin, as an issue of people seeing and thinking that you're eating blood from a real chicken, from a chick, uh, from an egg that was fertilized, therefore, um, the rabbis prohibited the blood in such cases. Yes? So far, correct, okay. correct. So far, as we'll see, we're gonna we're gonna it's gonna get a little stringent. Okay, um, so let's let's uh, let's read, let's see how we pass. Let's see how we rule. If you look at the Shulchan Aruch, uh, source twenty five, um, says the says the Shulchan Aruch again. Rav Yosef Karo, this is the main authority of law. He says Dambeitzim. He says blood of an egg. Im if you know that it comes from the development of a chick, meaning um, from a fertilized egg, you are liable by eating that blood. And he says, if you don't know that it's from a fertilized egg, right? See, that's a pretty big leniency. He doesn't say you know it's from an unfertilized egg. He says, if you're not sure that it comes from a fertilized egg, you are not liable biblically. The rabbis forbade it again because of Maris Ayin, because of the fact that people will see it and assume you're doing the wrong thing. Let's turn the page to verse 26. Okay. Nimsa Aleha Korei Tadam. The Shulchan Aruch continues. If you find a drop of blood, Zorik Es Adam, throw out the blood, Va'ochel Es Ashar, and you could eat the rest. Va'ush Nimsa Bechelbon. 
This is when it's found on the egg white. But if it's found on the egg yolk, anywhere in the egg yolk, the entire egg is forbidden, right? So he incorporates the Gemara and says, if you find a, blo- a drop of blood um, or some blood or any amount of blood in the white, egg white, get rid of the, anywhere where you see the blood in the egg white, if it's the whole thing, get rid of the whole thing, the yolk is still good, right? If it's found in the yolk, you got to throw the whole thing out. Says the Ramah, Haga, V'yeshom, there's Ramosha Israelis, V'yeshom, there are those who say, Dimnimtza al kesher hachelbon v'gami bachutz. Okay, if it's found, um, if it's found on the knot, there's the white stringy uh, area of the, of the, of the egg, okay? Dehainish nispashit mina kesher, dechol ha-beitza asura. He says, in such a case, if it's found on any part of the stringy part of the egg, okay, the whole egg is forbidden, okay? Then he says, Oh, there are those who are even more stringent. If it's found anywhere on the knot of the white stringy part, even if it's just there and didn't spread at all, it's, the whole, it's, it's forbidden. And therefore a minhag, a, a custom developed, because you have these added stringencies, not only if it's in the yolk, but now if it's in a certain part of the white of the egg, if it's in the stringy part, and if it's where in the stringy part is it in? It gets a little confusing. You have a little egg. It's in your cup. I don't know. I have to like look carefully, right? Where exactly is it? He says, a minag developed. Lesser kol badam. Any egg which has any blood in it. Again, he's still talking about fertilized eggs. Then any blood, any egg which has blood in it. We don't distinguish between the white and the, and the, and, and the yolk. Fine. He says, and therefore, if you find blood anywhere in a fertilized egg, you chuck the whole egg. You get rid of it. As a stringency, there's a stringency that has developed, he says, because it's confusing to know where exactly the blood come from, right? Is it exactly here? Is it exactly there? It's too complicated. It's an egg. We throw it out, okay? Um, and in a, situ- in a place where that minag has not developed, okay, and therefore you're allowed to just take the blood and the rest of the egg would be mutter. You'd have to take uh, the width of a shell. In other words, you can't just scoop up. Not that anyone could scoop this uh, finely, but let's say you could theoretically just get the blood. It wouldn't be enough. You'd have to scoop up a little bit of egg around with it, which would be normal. Typically, if you're taking the blood out, you would take it with like a spoon or something. So just halachically, you'd have to make sure you take a spoon and not like some suction that just grabs the blood. Okay, so basically what comes out of this Ramah? The Ramah basically says that the minag, he says for Ashkenaz, and the Ashkenazi minag is that in a fertilized egg, if blood is found, the entire egg is thrown out. Because it's complicated to know where it came from and there's different stringencies and therefore we treat it, we treat it stringently, we throw the whole thing out. Questions? Thoughts? Yes. So, um, since a lot of this, there's, um, it seems like, you know, we go on a lot of assumptions of like we assume that, oh, all of this, and we do like, kind of like that whole concept. So, if you have, um, so if you have chickens and you have a rooster, if you mm-hmm. just have hens, then everything's going to be not fertilized. Correct. Right? If you have a rooster, though, wouldn't you have to assume that these eggs are fertilized? Like, wouldn't you go on the safe, the safe side? Because you're saying if it's a fertilized egg, but like, if you're, if you know that you have a rooster and these are your eggs and you see a spot of blood, you're going to assume it's been fertilized because that's what they do. And so, so to like figure out, oh, where is the blood located? It seems, it makes the most sense to be like, I have my own chickens, Right. I have a rooster, these are going to be fertilized, and so all my eggs are fertilized, and then therefore, if I see any blood, I... I toss it because I know it's fertilized. Uh, so it's that assumption? Yeah, I, I think that assumption would be true in, uh, in a typical, like if you have your, you know, some chickens in your backyard or whatever right. it's going to be. In a scenario like we do, like in, in you know, mass-produced 
you know, eggs. Which are, they're no, they know. They know. They know there are no resources. We have it in a situation where you're unsure, where, where there's a good reason. So the typical terminology you find in the, in, in the postgame is that if you know, like, their, their coop was locked. Right. Okay? So right. that, but if you don't, and the assumption is that everyone, you know, the animals are doing their thing. Right. So basically yeah. you're going to assume right. there's a safe assumption to, that, that, it's, uh, that it's a fertilized egg. Right. Yeah. And, and, and commercial, um, chi- you know, with commercial chickens and, you know, egg production, there is not a rooster to be found for miles. Right, it right, right, right. Happen. And they can't get in. They have what safety, about, security, what whatever. Brownie, they have so no it's a different breed. If it's commercially, if it's commercially produced, there is not a rooster to be found. Brown eggs has to do with the species of chicken. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I have a question on his, the language he's using. He doesn't say it's good to be machmir. It just says this this minhag has spread, and so we assume that, that that's what we should do. Meaning that that is the that is the implication. That is the implication. He is opening to the fact opens the fact that it may not have spread in other places. Yeah, it is. It is a lighter terminology. It is a lighter terminology. That's fair. But I think the you know the the, the implication is that this is this is the norm. This is the normative uh, approach. Yes, Shelley. Uh, I just want to um, let people know that in most like not country settings, like in you know most of Baltimore County or in Baltimore City, if people have backyard chickens, there are laws that say they are not allowed to have roosters. Mm-hmm. So right. if somebody says, oh, you know, brings to work, like I have chickens or something, and brings eggs to work, these are not. Hmm. They can't be for life. Interesting, fascinating. Yeah, okay. Because of the noise. They'll come around. Ah, uh, interesting, They'll interesting, come around. interesting, interesting. Well, that's Israel. I think they're back. This is Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Fascinating. Okay. Thank you, Shelley, for that. Uh, I don't know. None of my colleagues ever bring eggs to work. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's 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 uh, let's. Roll. I want to make sure we're we, we're going to try to wrap up around nine thirty-ish. So Shulchan Aruch says. Okay. Despite all this, again, we're still talking about fertilized eggs, which is not the norm in most cases. Okay. Shulchan Aruch says, You're allowed to eat roasted eggs. Right? Let's say you made hard-boiled eggs, right? Did you check the eggs before? Of course not. You can't. Uh, well, back in the day, you couldn't. Now you can. Uh, in some, and I mean, not you and I, but they have, like, machines that can check. Uh, but but uh, not for us. Okay, but the point is, uh, the point is that we can't check. So what's going on over here? The basic idea is, right, so how can you do that? There's this concern, there's blood. Again, the Shulchan Aruch Paskin, that we, are, that we treat the blood in a fertilized egg as derisa, as real blood. And yet he says you're allowed to roast the you're allowed to roast the eggs. What, what would be the rationale behind this? Why are you allowed to have hard boiled eggs? Okay, but there's still blood. Meaning, if I took a chicken, I didn't kosher it. I, I cook it. The Gamor. When you hard eggs, don't you have to do an uneven amount? We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Good. We'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. Let's assume I didn't. Let's assume I didn't. The assumption is that most don't. Ah, okay. So I think, right, that's the general the consensus we're hearing over here. And then basically, yes, this idea that the majority of eggs, even the fertilized eggs, the majority of eggs do not have blood spots. And therefore, um, you do not have to. So if you roasted the eggs, uh, you know, sorry, say it better. You are allowed to make hard boiled eggs. You don't have to worry about it because at the end of the day, the majority of eggs are free of blood. Okay, if you turn the page, the Ramah says similarly, he says, The Ramah says, technically speaking, you don't really have to check because you could assume based on the majority that there's no blood. You could rely on the fact that most eggs do not have blood. We call makom nonetheless, the minag is to be stringent. When you make food with eggs during the day, keep in mind, back in the day, 
they had no lights that night, or they had a candle. You couldn't really check, can't check for blood with a candle. So Sharon Behem and So as long as you're doing it during the daytime, where it's more or less easy to check for blood, the minag is that we check. But t- technically speaking, an implication is if let's say a person didn't check. Oh my gosh, I made uh, I made a whatever a cake with fertilized eggs, full fledged. You know, according to the Shulchan Doraisa potential Doraisa blood, potentially biblical blood. I put it into my into my cake. No problem, post facto. Because at the end of the day, I can rely on the majority, and the majority of eggs do not have blood spots, and therefore it's okay. Yes? Thank you. Silly question. Back on the Shulchan Arach on uh, bottom of 225, you were talking about boiled eggs, hard boiled eggs, mm-hmm. and he's talking about roasted eggs, and it's actually, those are actually two different things, but mm. is, is it all in the same? I believe it's all the. Yeah, the, yeah, point, the point is anytime, I'm sorry if I. Yeah, you're right. I, I mistranslate. But the point, yeah, I was giving a common example, but the point is that. Any time that a person is going to a scenario where you're not able to crack the egg open and look at it first, the Shulchan is saying, no problem. No problem. Is okay. not talking about all eggs and not just roasted or hard-boiled? He's talking about any egg that you, whatever you, however you make it. I'm right. sorry if you're I limited your, I, I don't do a lot of cooking. I don't like hard-boiled egg. That's it. Okay, but basically the point is that any time where the way you make the egg is by doing whatever it is you do before cracking the egg, permitted. Permitted. Yes. So in terms of, not to like, like it's like Schrodinger's blood spot. Like it's like it's not if you see it, then it's bad. But if the same egg that you would have cracked went into a cake or went boiled and you wouldn't have any way of knowing it and you ate it, then it's okay. So like is the halachic concept here that like it's not the actual blood like the blood is existing and that's not a problem, but it's the intent it's the you interacting with or like it's your intention around it. Like it exists, it's still there. In your there body. There's a term that's used in, in certain Bate Medrash called a halachic reality. Okay? So without unpacking that fully, but there's this notion that, yeah, Rove basically defines, and for the record, it defines our, our, our regular reality. We define most things based on Rove. Uh, you know, we, uh, you know the, the way we, we assume many things is because of majority, uh, but it defines our reality to the point that we say, yeah, theoretically there could be blood over here. I have the full right to go ahead and rely on this majority because this is my halachic reality. It's almost like I put on a set of, yeah, so to your point, yes, is, is there blood here? Maybe. Maybe, but the point is, I don't have to deal with with such reality. But like you're saying, it's gonna sidetrack us. But it is it is a concept. Yes. Why don't we apply the um, concept of bus of a shishim to a tiny blood clot? Right. So so we couldn't. We so you're saying in, in general. So there's two points that you're making. In other words, in addition to majority of. Um, in addition to the majority of the food, where uh, you know that that. Blah, excuse me. In addition to the majority of eggs, which do not have blood spots, you're saying even if there was a blood spot. Well, so, you right, you see a blood spot. So the one important rule about Batzal B'Shishim is that I cannot be mevata lechatchila. In other words, if someone told me that they dropped a piece of pork into my cholent, I'm 1,000%, a small piece of pork into my cholent, I'm 1,000% allowed to eat that cholent. You may decide not to, but you're 1,000% allowed to eat it. I cannot go and lechatchila before the fact, go and take a piece of pork and throw it into a large cholent and say it's batal. I'm, no, I mean, you find an egg, that spot is really tiny, the right. egg is relatively big, why don't we apply the idea that the, the spot is less than 160th of the whole egg. Because by, by doing so, in other words, I am going to be, and this goes back to a bit of a lachic reality, basically it's true. Right now you have a mixture in front of you which is, which is already buttle to your point. But by acknowledging the blood over there and now incorporating it into your food or using it as food, you are mentally being mevatalit lechatchila as well. In other words, you're right. You're right. You see the blood over here. There's the egg over here. In this mixture, it's already nullified. That, that's, that's, that's your question, right? The egg and the blood. Just the egg. I'm, I'm not dealing with the cake. Correct. So if I go ahead and see it and use it, then I have at least 
mentally been mevatalet. Because I am now basically saying, I'm going to use this, and by using this, I'm utilizing lichatchila, this principle of bitzol b'shishim, and therefore it's going to be a problem. As opposed to when something is mixed in, and now I know it's here, it's already completely absorbed, okay? Then bitzol, so to speak, already took place, it's post facto. No, I'm, no. I'm asking why can't we eat the egg? I'm saying you cannot eat the egg because if I'm eating the egg, the only way to eat the egg is to affect a bitzel, affect a, 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 a nullification, even though the nullification, theoretically, you could argue, as I think you're arguing, it's, it's already happened. It's there. It's in the egg and there's blood there. But by, I see the, I see the blood. You're saying it's not mixed in. It's not mixed in and therefore I am... Like, you can separate it. First of all, you can separate it. And therefore, to go ahead and to lechatchila, go ahead and use this, in some way you are being mevatel lechatchila. I am basically even... It would be... Okay, I understand. Right? But, but, but to your point as well, right? Any case where, we, again, if I, if I put the piece of pork in, on the top of my chillens and it's a different color, whatever it is, and I, I can't say, well, butzel b'shishim, it's part of the pot. No, I have to go and scoop it up as well. So that would be the second. Yes. Okay, okay. That's the more clear answer. Yeah. I was going to say, it's something which you cannot set. Bittel is when, it, when, it's, when it's, you know, part of the bittel, right? Bittel b'shishim is no same time. It's basically now it, it's, it's something which is fully absorbed into it. Disseminate, like the flavor is completely uh, diffused throughout the entire thing. Okay, we're going to have to, let, let's, let's roll a little bit. We're going to hold off on a few questions. Um, so let's talk about unfertilized egg for a second. So basically, what do we see about unfertilized eggs? We saw the, the tour said that we are going to be stretched by unfertilized eggs, that a person um, should... Uh, treat it stringently that uh, because of the fact that there is an issue of maris eye and people see it and not realize the distinction between fertilized and unfertilized and they're going to think they see you eating the blood spots in a Un, in an unfertilized egg, and therefore say, ah, oh, I can have blood spots in fertilized eggs, and obviously that's going to be a problem. So I, I want to point out, uh, okay, so let's see what, the, what Ramosha Feinstein has to say about this. So if you look at source 29, Bedavar Habetzim, regarding eggs, Nodati, sorry, page 227, source 29, okay? Bedavar uh, Habetzim, Okay, there's a term that Gemara uses to talk about unfertilized eggs. He's talking about the, the regular eggs that are found in the supermarkets, they don't have the ability uh, to develop into chicks. Um, therefore, they certainly don't have the prohibition of the whole egg being prohibited, like the Ramah said, that we treat the entire egg is prohibited. All we do is we would have to throw the blood out at all, uh, the blood alone. In other words, he's saying, Maris Ayin, is only, which, is, which is a bit of a novel idea. He says, Maris Ayin over here, we're only going to get rid of the blood. The concern is I see you eating the blood in the unfertilized egg. I'm going to think I could eat blood in a fertilized egg. So he says, really, technically, the Maris Ayin should be limited at just scooping up the blood and getting rid of the blood. <coughs> he says, yesterday I saw a farmer. Okay, that's now a Hebrew word. Farmer, um, I saw a farmer. Uh, that deals with eggs. He says there are those uh, farmers who basically use fertilized and unfertilized eggs in order to have a gr- greater uh, uh, production of eggs. Who rove gadol He says he says ultimately the majority of eggs The majority of eggs that are sold are unfertilized. Do not have a male involved. Even those farmers who sell a mixture of both fertilized and unfertilized, still the majority of egg sellers are selling eggs that are unfertilized. And many farmers who sell eggs don't have, uh, do not, 
uh, do not have a rooster at all, okay? They don't have males. And their eggs are all fully unfertilized. So it comes out, He says it's a vast, vast majority. The vast majority of eggs that you're purchasing are unfertilized. So the blood does not... Um, prohibit the egg. And therefore, based on this, the fact that the majority, he's dealing with a time, he's writing this a few decades ago, when there was a mixture, apparently, of fertilized and unfertilized, the vast majority was unfertilized, but there still were some that were fertilized. And he's asking, am I allowed to assume that it's unfertilized? His answer is yes. Because this principle is called majority, I could assume the vast majority of eggs are unfertilized. Okay, And therefore, the eggs um, should be totally fine. You have to take the blood spot out, but that's it. He says, Avalamaisa. Next, second paragraph. Kivan lo deruba deruba nashim hafsid klal. He says, since an egg, and again, he's not writing this in 2023 and the cost of eggs says so skyrocketed. It just but he went said, down again. It just went down again. Mazel tov. Okay. Uh, so he says, since. Mazel tov. Okay, fantastic. Hopefully that's a good sign for the economy. Okay. So um, the, the, he says, for most people, throwing out an egg, the vast majority of people throwing out an egg from a hafsid perspective, from a perspective of financial loss, it's not such a big deal. And we see already a trend, he says, in Alacha, where we are very stringent by eggs, right? We saw the Ramah basically said, really, you should just get rid of the blood. Ah, we're going to be strict, throw the whole thing out, right? So clearly eggs is seen as something which is cheap. It's not something which is seen as like a big loss. And there's a trend to be stringent. Even though it's only rabbinic, really, we could have been lenient. Even though this, this idea of being stringent by such a rabbinic law, we don't find by other things, even by biblical matters, okay, but we see stringencies by eggs, even in rabbinic elements of eggs, okay, since at the end of the day, there are some fertilized eggs, uh, makes sense to be stringent, even though this isn't uh, needed necessarily, the minag, he says, is to be stringent, okay? So now he's speaking again at a time when there was a mixture of fertilized and unfertilized eggs. Nowadays, really, if you're purchasing from the store, they are all unfertilized eggs. Nonetheless, nonetheless, many do have the stringency and say, if you find any blood spot in an egg, you throw the entirety of the egg out based on this Ramosha. Um, because eggs, you know, even though it's rabbinic, even though it's an issue of maris ayin, um, really, you should just be able to scoop up the little bit of a blood spot and that really be all you need to do. Nonetheless, uh, the predominant custom, the predominant custom is you find a blood spot in an egg at all. We basically say it's just like a fertilized egg where there's a confusion, the fertilized egg, and people throw out the majority of the, the egg itself, even though now you're understanding it's, a, it's quite the stringency. It's really quite the stringency. Yes. Uh, okay. I'll try to so um, usually an egg is not very expensive and it's fine. What about the Makamat Torah? like, you're trying to bake something and you're this your last day. And it has happened mm-hmm. to me. So, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Like Good. Shopping, but, like, it's like Good. Very- Excellent. Mm-hmm. So, so really what comes out of the, what comes out of the, the Ramah, uh, what comes out of Ramosha, um, what is he, he's had a terminology here that um, I don't want to focus on. Um, yeah. At this point, it says that since it's considered not a hefsa cloud, the post can take out of this Ramosha. They're basically saying when it is a big loss, let's, talk, let's use another example, which comes up all the time. A person's making eggs, uh, mass-produced eggs, okay? You're, you're in a kitchen, you're in an industrial kitchen, and you're making eggs for, uh, you know, uh, hundreds of people, right? You're going to go and check all the eggs. You have a staff, right? You're going to go and check all the eggs. It's going to cost you a trillion dollars, right? So the, 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 the general accepted sock is, again, unfertilized eggs, no problem. Don't check. Don't check. 
Right? In other words, this whole stringency, right, basically Ramos is saying, treat them like fertilized eggs. And that is the, the general minag. I'm sure, you, right? The general minag is that we check our eggs even though we know that they're unfertilized and we throw them out typically. But, 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 but Ramos is basically saying in a scenario where there's loss, so whether it's uh, preemptive loss, you, you, you're, you're, you own a restaurant and if you're going to have your staff or your people, your mashkichim, check all the eggs, it's going to cost a lot of money. It's going to take a lot of time. It's going to cost you a lot of money. We don't check. We don't check the eggs. Okay? So if you buy uh, scrambled eggs in a restaurant, they probably didn't check the eggs. Okay? Um, similarly, to your example, if it's your last egg and it's going to be, it's a tier ha. Okay, is it? How big of a deal is it to go? It's a big deal. You're cooking, serve shops, whatever. You basically, you're allowed to uh, just go ahead and uh, you can take the little blood spot out, which is the ikra din of the khumra, even on the yolk. Why? Because it doesn't matter. It's not coming from, exactly, right? So a very important distinction. When it's on our unfertilized egg, right, the blood on the yolk is really just, Again, it's the same blood. It's coming. It's not. It's not blood of a development of a chick, right? It's basically just blood that came from. Uh, it's a. It's a blood. It's a. It's a blood cell that was ruptured, right? And therefore, you could take the blood out. And and the only issue is Mara signs. You take a little bit of blood out, and you're fine, right? Okay. So let's just quickly summarize uh, one. One other. A few more other quick pieces um, from this. Um, Ravad Yosef, uh, and this is the, the approach that uh, of Svardim is that Ravad Yosef says the whole thing. He says, "Wow, this is such a crazy chumra." So over the top, crazy strong word. Uh, this is such a such a wild chumra. It's like a chumra and a chumra and a chumra. Is Ramosh is basically arguing the the, the the trend with eggs were very strict. Ravad Yosef says this, this doesn't follow any halachic principles. We never have such stringencies in rabbinic law. He says, "No, if you see some blood in your egg, you scoop up the blood, you throw it out." And that's the normative Sephardic psak. They basically just scoop up the blood and you get rid of it. The normative Ashkenazi psak, unless it's a case of great loss, is that you throw out the entire egg. Okay, so just want to address your, your, your uh, some people, anyone have an egg pot uniquely designated for eggs? Like this was normative in, in back in, yeah, you have a special, okay, very nice. Yeah, but now they sell these little machines that are electric. Interesting, okay. And you can just boil the, the um, Okay, interesting, interesting. So, interesting. So there were two, there were two stringencies that, 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 that people had back in the day, and it's not so common to see nowadays. Um, one was to have a special pot for eggs, based on the concern that maybe there's going to be blood in the egg, etc. Um, in addition, people would cook three eggs at a time. Why would they cook three eggs at a time? Because you have two eggs, which are, you know, the, because you're, you can assume even if one egg had a blood spot, you could assume the two eggs did not, and therefore would be mevatel, the one egg. And that is what many people do. It is not meikra. You do not have to do so. Sorry. It's a minag, again, that develops certainly, again, fertilized eggs. There's much more of a reason to do so. But if we're using unfertilized eggs, uh, it's really like, again, we're talking about a buildup of stringencies. You don't have to do so. If you want, if you, there are those who still, there are those who do so, there are those who do so, and if, and that's fine, um, even with, uh, you know, our fertilized, our unfertilized eggs. But, uh, but certainly, strictly speaking, there's, Again, it's, 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 it's layering on our, our stringencies, and therefore there is no need to do so. Um, I would mention Ramosha in this chuba that we didn't, it's not quoted over here, uh, but he says uh, it's a, quite a stringency, but he says that in a scenario, this is very rare, but you basically break open the egg, and you're like cooking with the egg. You miss the blood spot. You see there's a blood spot already once you started cooking, right? Let's say you forgot to check, put it in the pan, and you're like, oh my gosh, there's a blood spot there. But now it's already in a boiling hot pan. Common could happen. Okay, it could happen. It means you forgot to check it, and then you put it in, and there's blood, but they're fine. Um, so what Moshe would do again in our unfertilized eggs is he wouldn't use it for 24 hours after. You don't have to kosher it. 
Why? Because basically, you can't, keep in mind, you don't, the pan, the pan. Um, um, why? Because basically, a treat, uh, why? Because the whole idea of, not, once it's not used for 24 hours, what we, we say, no tamlifkam, from a pure halachic perspective, you know, basically, it's not really able to transfer any flavor at that point. Again, there's no real flavor. There's like a stringency. Uh, you don't have to kosher it because it's not really blood. If it was blood, it'd be a whole different story. If it was a fertilized egg, then ask a local Orthodox rabbi. That's a real <coughs> challenge. But an unfertilized egg, and then many people, many postkim do adopt this stringency that if you found blood on the egg, um, you know, after it's already in the pan or pot, whatever it is, then you do not use the pot or pan for 24 hours. And the stringency is not to use, if you're not able to scoop out the blood right immediately, uh, then basically not to use that food that you cooked either. Okay, so again, let's just quickly summarize. Fertilized eggs, you find blood in a fertilized egg, you throw out the egg. Period. Um, the the minhag is the minhag is that we do check if it's not of great loss. Uh, we do check for unfertilized eggs. We do check for blood. Um, if you find some blood, then Ramosha says throughout the entire egg. If it's a snare of great loss, you could or a significant lo- of loss, you could just scoop out a little bit of the blood, and that's fine. But really, ideally, we throw throughout the whole egg if there's no if it's not a big deal to do so. Um, if you find the blood, and that's the normative Ashkenazi psak. If you find the blood in uh, a pan once you've already put it in the pan, you don't eat the food and you don't use the pan for 24 hours. Okay? Pick up next week. Thank you.